This is unlimited, Rabbi Sai. Unlimited. Okay. Rabbi Sai, first of all, if you didn't uh, say Sphiria, today is 10 days in the Oymar. Thanks, Nehemiah Seltzer, with the background. Today's daf, beautiful job. Today's share is being sponsored. Lilu Nishmas, David Moshe. Ben Avram Yeshua, Avram Yeshua is our famous Dr. Epstein. I didn't know this, and I learned new things. Every day we learn new things about the Chevra of the Shir, our Mishpacha. He had a child that lived for six months. That, that means Avi Kamiansky's brother-in-law. Lived for six months, and uh, unfortunately he didn't make it, and uh, tonight is his yard site. So... Dr. Epstein is a tremendous part of our family. He actually lives two floors below me. He sits right next to me every day in cheer. Let me, let me, I have to remind the island, by the way. We're forgetting. Mm-hmm. Only about a month ago, this is where we were, Amatzi Shabbos. You see this? Over 100 people in the room. I don't know that this uh, picture shows that, but that's where we were. But we are here today. We are going strong. We have 84 people on Zoom, Baruch Hashem. Wow, beautiful. Motzi Shabbos. So, David Moshe's neshama should have an aliyah. Also, today, tonight's uh, shir is being sponsored. Lilin Nishmas, Elta Tzivya, Batre Birfal, Avigdor Leibish, Tiefenbach. So, neshama should have an aliyah. Very good. I'll explain to you who Tiefenbach is for a second. Dear Abeli, once again I'd like to commend you on the shir that you give. These at which you give it, I know it's hard work, but you make it look easy. And the Haimishkeit, Hasidish pronunciation, with the Chevra, make it enjoyable to be part of. I actually completed a Shas, Shas cycle in 2005, but fell off the wagon when my father's nifted in 2006. I hope to be signed together with you, Bezer Hashem, even though it's a long way right, off right now, on the cruise somewhere. In the Mediterranean, if not in the Azor of the Beis Hamikdash with the rest of Klai Yisrael, that would be my first choice. Taking a break from all the Corona bad news, I'd like to sponsor tonight's cheer for a regular yard site. Okay, regular yard site is a break, although it's far from regular. It's actually Beis. Uh, what is this? Something Nissan. It came out weird in the email. Lezech Nishmas, my mother's mother, Shalom. Feel strange to call her my grandmother. She ne- he never knew her, who my mother witnessed. Listen to this, Rabbi Isai. His mother witnessed being taken away by the Nazis in Machshamam at the age of 12. His mother was 12 years old, from a small town, Azrakov, about 25 kilometers from Lodz, Lodz, Poland. Now listen to this. She always said that she remembered the dress her mother was wearing, but could not remember her face. It's unbelievable. She was 12 years old. She couldn't remember her, mother, her own mother's face. So the kids said, together with all the other Yiddish Kabbalists, my grandmother should continue to be in Elisa's Yosh for us and her family, and the rest of Klai Yisrael. Her name was Elta Tzivya Bas Rebifal Avigda Leibish, Tiefenbach. You should and keep up the good work. It's unbelievable, these crazy stories from the Nazis. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, hi, Rebelli. Per your comment on Daf Mem about stopping YouTube, just don't. Scream froze for a few minutes, but the audio was fine. I, I don't know if I meant to say that I'm stopping YouTube forever. I just said we have to get away from it, find other mediums, because we're still having issues. It takes over 12 hours to upload now. 
Gary, I think you should come over tomorrow. Let's use your phone or something. We gotta, we gotta try something else out. I'm subscribed to YouTube channel. I have activated notifications, so YouTube emails me, emails me the working link as soon as you start live. Oh, so he's saying it's kedai to subscribe because then you get the link, and then when once you have the link, you can watch it right away. You don't have to wait the 12 hours. On Pesach, I watch the share each day about 10 a.m. by clicking the link you provide in the YouTube email. A link works without a 12-hour delay. There's no problem with anything YouTube. Just encourage folks to subscribe and activate notifications, and there should be no problem. Problem solved. A lot of folks out there prefer YouTube as it's better quality than Zoom and Torah Anytime. I don't want to say that very loud, but he says it's better than Torah Anytime. Why? Because Torah Anytime uses Vimeo as a service. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, Torah Anytime is encouraging everybody to go through them. We also don't like YouTube that much, but that's what we have. And he's saying YouTube is better quality. I do enjoy sitting in the Zoom share when I can. I look forward to somehow tramping to RBS for a live share when things get back to normal. Keep up the great work. Hillel in Kochav Yaakov. Web programming solutions from Hillel. One more. There's a few more, but just one more because it's much of Shabbos. From Ramosha Gutman from RBS, and this is in Hebrew. He says, I'm sorry that I'm writing in Hebrew, but it's hard for me to write in English. There's a lot of people like that here in RBS. Yeah, I'm thinking, unless it gets very noisy. You could also turn on the air conditioner right behind you. You have the thing. Yeah, might be a good idea. A lot of guys here that speak a perfect English right behind you. Perfect English, but hard for them to read and write in English. I I enjoy Yeshurim. And even though the shear is in English, it's a, no, especially because the, the, the shear is in a simple English that fits in for American Israelis like myself, I wish that one day you'll start saying a shear in Hebrew so that pure Israelis could also benefit. Not going to happen, I don't think. First, I have to think about another shear in the evening I, before we do that. Now, I just heard you shear in Daf Mem. And you said the story on Tanu Rabbanon. Yeah, the beautiful story that there's no Tanu Rabbanon in all of Seven's daughters. So there was, again, I said Rabbi Shemulevich is walking down the aisle. And what? Who was it? It was Rabbi Chaim. That's what, that's what his email is all about. It was Rabbi Nachum. Okay. Mayor said it on the spot. I didn't hear. Uh-oh. What's that? That's Gary testing out his phone. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. I heard it again. Fine, so Reb Nachum Barchovitz was walking down the, the aisle in the Mir Yeshiva and two Bachram got nervous that he might catch them battling. So he said, And he stopped and he said, There is no Tanur Rabbanon in Mesechtas Nadarim. So, and I, I, I know this other part as well. I'm just, he, he pointed it out, so I got to say it. So he heard that they said over the story of Reb Kinevsky and he right away said, It's true, there is no Tanur Rabbanon in the whole Mesechta. But it does say Dittanur Rabbanon with a Dalit. I looked it up and it's true. It does say one time Dittanur Rabbanon. And by the way, the story is with Reb Nachum Pertshavitz, who is Reb Chaim Shulevitz's son-in-law, not with Reb Chaim Shulevitz. Okay? But at any rate, thank you with your special way that you're Mishpia and Taira and all of the world and you're the best guy that ever lived. I can say whatever I want because I'm just translating. All right. Moshe Gutman, Rav Shemesh Aleph. Do I know him? I don't, I don't know if I ever met him. Who knows? Zot Tehelig Gemara. We have a great daf today. Daf Mem Gimel Omet Aleph, like six lines down. So yesterday we were discussing 
What do we got? 90 guys. 90 guys on Zoom. It's not enough. Oh, and I have Mendy. Mendy, where are you, Mendy? Yevaldik. Ah, we could go. Mendy, are you on every day or just much a Shabbos thing? La? You are on every day. Call Yom, he says. Call Yom. Okay, beautiful. Ah, the, the, I, you don't understand what you do for me, but you're not on the, my main screen. You've got to come early so you're together with Avi and Noam and the, the regular guys. So when I look, I, I, I feel like I'm in the sheer. Yosef Ehrman, you know, the, the, the guys, Dr. Epstein. Fine. Not to make fun of the other guys, the, the, put them down, but I, I, there's a certain comfort when these guys are next to me for two, over two years, the same guys, and they're right in front of me on the screen, it, 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 it does something for me. All right, anyway. So we had like this. We had the sugya of a chicken lays an egg. Says Rav Chizda, you cannot catch the egg in a, in a bowl, but you could put a bowl over the egg. What's the difference? So we, we discussed yesterday about Hatzalah Mitsuya, a common, a common way of, of saving it, meaning since this, this chicken lays eggs in a specific place, in a heap of garbage, so that you're allowed to do, and then the Gemara brought like five different Mishnayas, what about taking a, a bench and, and lifting up a, a kaira, Muktzah, it's Hatzalah Mitsuya, you have to say all these things, Hatzalah Mitsuya. That if the barrel burst with, with truma, with tevel, you, you're allowed to save it because that's how Solomon Suya, we're, talk, we're talking about a, a barrel that, that, that tends to break because it's brand new. All right. Rabbi Yosef Omar. Rabbi Yosef has a new shot in Rav Chizda. Again, I could protect the egg by covering it with a dish, but I cannot catch the egg. Rabbi Yosef Omar, I time with Rav Chizda, Mishum de Komevato Klimei so I kind of mentioned it yesterday. Wow. I don't know if you guys see. Donnie Katzman just he turned this picture off. But it brought back Gishmaka. Look at that ceiling that Donnie Katzman is under. Believe it or not, that's our ceiling in the base measures. It only started looking like that the last, last day. We got that ceiling done and then we unfortunately locked the door and nobody was able to really see it besides maybe 10 people. So, yeah, one day we're going to go back there. It's, it's unbelievable. So, Rav Yosef says, you cannot take a dish and put it under a chicken to catch the egg because the egg is muktza, why is an egg muktza noilad? It was born on Shabbos. What does the dish become? The dish becomes muktza. Because muktza, I can't move the dish anymore. What am I doing? I'm destroying a dish. Rashi over here says, I'm building a dish. Rashi, other places, says, I'm destroying a dish. I saw today in the Shulchan Aruch, the, 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 the Mishnah Brewer brings down, destroying it. You know, it's like Pasha that it's destroying. Fine, the point is, I'm changing the dish. I'm taking it from a regular dish that I could use it for soup and chant, and now I can't do anything with it, because it has an egg that's mukts in it. But if I flip it over, and I put it on top of an egg, I didn't change the dish. Nothing changed. If I want, I could remove it and unprotect the egg. Nothing happened to the dish. Nothing changed. That's a whole different sugya. Ain't being mysterious, but Caleb. Okay. But it's not so much the, the malacha of boin and soyser, I think, as much as it is changing, changing the category of this dish. That's what it is. It's like boin, it's like soyser. Eisve Abayah. 
Now, this is going to be easy for us because we did all of this on Friday. Chavesh al-Tevel, you have a barrel full of Tevel wine. I must remove Trumas and Meisers from it, and I did not. I cannot drink from it on Shabbos, so that wine is Mokta. Shinishbara, and the barrel broke, maybe Kliachir, Meniach Tachteha, I could go ahead and catch all my Mokta wine. Oh, but Rav Yosef just said, I cannot be Mevato Klimei Chonoi by me catching the wine. The wine is Mokta, I just made my Kli, whatever is catching the wine, that Kli becomes Mokta because it's catching Mokta wine. Welcome to number 100 on Zoom. Beautiful. Now we have 100 people. Now I'm calm. Before it was 99, it wasn't so good. Now it's 100. Kivaldik. I'm sure Ellie's on here as well. So, how could I do it? Listen to this. Tevel, I have a barrel full of wine. At the end of the day, I could eat it. Why? I could drink from it. If I was over in Avera and I, and I took the, the Trumas and Meisers, only I can't do it with the Rabbanon, but if I did it, so I could, I could drink from it. So I have a way out of it. So listen to this. This is what Gemara is all about, really. To take two similar things and try to find what, what's the difference logically between the two things. I want to ask you a question. Think about this question for a second. The Gemara says, I could take this barrel of wine and I can, I can do trumas and mice from it. You hear your sachar? You hear? I see you enjoying this. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize you, the whole beard and everything. Listen to this, Yisachar. I take some wine. I could, right now it's mukta because there's no trumas and maestros. I could take trumas and maestros from it and make it unmukta. Guess what? I have a bowl with an egg in it and it's mukta. You know what I could do? I could pour out the egg. And if I pour out the egg, this bowl is not mukta anymore. Everybody agrees it's not mukta. You don't have the whole thing of migidus katsoy. This bowl, I have a way out of it. You hear the kasha? It's a very good kasha. Tysus has a beautiful answer. I'm a shalomdish answer. I thought it was great. Tysus says, there's no way for me to fix it if the egg is still in here. Yeah. I can remove the egg, but with the egg inside, there's no way for me to fix it. When the wine is still in the barrel, I have a way to fix the wine in the barrel by making drums and meisers. Nothing changed. The, the barrel with the wine is the same thing, and I have a way to fix it. We're here, you want to change the whole thing and pour the egg out. That's different. So, Mamish Alamdash Nafkemino. All right? What about, that's the Gemara, the other day. You have fire, literally, sparks, fire dripping out of your candle. It's going to fall on your desk and burn it. So I could put a nice clee underneath and catch it. But those nitsoitzes are mukta. And right now, being I am saying that this clee is no longer usable, the shab, is because it's just caught the nitsoitzes. You, you can't touch them. You can't feel them. They don't, they're nothing. They have nothing to them. And therefore... It's not going to be mevato my kli. My kli is still not mukta. Yeah, if it, let's say if it falls with a little bit of the wick, that wick is mukta. That would be a problem. But the actual fire, flame, has no mamashas. V'chein koiro shenishbaro. Literally, we're going through the whole sugi that we learned on Friday. Koiro shenishbaro. You have a beam that broke. 
Remember this picture? I don't know if it was so good on Friday. I made it blue, stam, because I was too lazy to put color in here. But here's your bench that holds up the broken beam. Here's the broken beam. You put a bench. Now, this bench is not mukta. But once you put it up here, you're mevatal the bench. You can no longer move the bench because the bench becomes part of your house. And it's mevatal klimei How could I do so according to Rav Yosef? Or a bed. Says the Gemara, the Rafi. Hold on, not done with it yet. The Rafi, it's not 100%. You didn't lodge it in there. It, it could move. It's just there in case the, the, the ceiling comes down even more, it'll catch it. But right now, I can use it. I wasn't mevat the klima you have to say. Says the Gemara, the boy chocolate. I can remove it. How about the next case? Right in here. You see this, this uh, bucket catching the rain. The rain is mukta. Why is the rain mukta? Because I can't drink it. It's disgusting. No, it's beautiful rain. It comes in filtered off the roof. It's great. You can drink from it. Oh. What do we got here? Like this? Let me see. Yeah, okay, I got it. This is from Pirush Chai, minus the chickens. I added the little, uh, they had chickens, but these are better. So a guy puts a basket right over here. This basket is not mukta, but right now the Gemara understands it's mukta because there are chickens running up and down the the basket. It's not a problem. I could I could move the basket. But what do I do that it says specifically you can't move it? When the chicks are on top of the basket, chickens are muksa. Why are chickens muksa? Oh, this is very important. I need a lot of help here. Chickens are muksa. Balchai is muksa. And this bothers me. Every single Shabbos, I have a little guy running around my house, my, my four-legged anical. I personally don't touch him. Everybody else does. I wish I could, and he comes over to me, and he's a little cute guy, and he barks, he wants me to pick him up, and I'm sorry, Shabbos. And then he gets mad at me, because he thinks I don't like him anymore, so when I, when I try to pick him up after Shabbos, he runs away. Anyway, if somebody can come up with a head there, I heard him, Moshe says... Really, really feel bad. Yeah, the only... The, I was under the impression that a Baal that was not yours is Moksa, but if the Baal is uh, yours, it's uh, not Moksa. Uh, so there is, there is, uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but not a lot of people agree to that. There's a little bit of emotion. By the way, that was Gary that just said that he feels bad for me. I can, here, come here. Let's show the Dalai Lama. It's different, man. It's This is the Baldover here. It's. Mamish, Lashem Shamayim. The Roshiva, Reb Sussman said we have to buy him, we bought him. Akopanim. Now, I need Natila Sedaim. I can't learn Torah like this. Fine. But here's the thing. When the dog starts barking like a Meshuggah, I know that Gary is downstairs about to come up. He knows. He, there's one guy in Bet Shemesh that the dog hates like nothing else, and that's Gary. Gary used to have a dog when he was a kid, but for some reason doesn't like this dog. I'll call upon him. A Balchai is Mukta. A Balchai has zero. <laughs> Donnie Fine has also a white dog. It looks like a different type of dog. 
I don't know. No. Is it a Maltese? No, okay, fine. Oh, yeah, it looks, uh, he says, yeah, it is. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll go upon him. Why is the Balchai Muktzad? Donnie, I guarantee you, you, you touch your dog on Shabbos, right? You have some sort of head there. Yeah, of course. All these guys that have dogs, they, 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 they don't have a problem. Anyway. It's not really my dog, it's my, it's my wife's dog. So. Yeah, and it's not really my dog, it's my son's dog, and he actually takes very good care yeah. of him. Not this son, the, seven, the 18-year-old. But yeah. But once, once he got here, my, my wife was so scared of dogs, like every typical from lady. And eventually she got used to him, she really loves the dog. Anyway, not recommended. So, <laughs> but the problem, a balchai has no use really. I mean, if it's your, we don't understand the people that own dogs, well, it has a use. So, so I can't touch my own kid then. My kid is also still a little bit of a chaya. So, but a, a, a chicken... A chicken has no, it's mukta. That's it. It's inherently mukta. Go, go ask Cassius. Your chickens, somebody else, they're all mukta. They have nothing. Well, you can't do anything. After, after it's dead, it has a lot of value. But when it's alive, it has zero value for us. And therefore, it's mukta. So when the chicken is on the basket, the basket is mukta. Even when the chicken jumps off the basket, it remains mukta. So, the Gemara makes a distinction here. It's very important. When this Balchai... Oh, so it might be to get to me. I'm just thinking out loud. If my Balchai is on my couch during Ben Hashemoshes, I'm up a creek. Because if I hold that my dog is Mukta, which I do, so then my whole couch becomes Mukta because he's on it. Just like this guy, these guys over here. It's a big problem. i got to be careful that Ben Hashemoshes... So... If my son is holding my dog, Ben Hashemoshes, I can't touch my son on Shabbos. Okay, whatever, we have to, we have to look in. But anyways, if Ben Hashemoshes, these chickens are on top of the basket, the basket becomes Migoy, Migoy, this Katsoy, Ben Hashemoshes. So now we have this concept, we have to remember this concept for the whole Masechta, and, in, and for life. Migoy, this Katsoy, Ben Hashemoshes, it's Katsoy, Likula Yoima. If something is Muktza during Ben Hashemoshes, it becomes Muktza for the rest of the day, for the whole Shabbos. So that's that halacha here. However, we're talking about that the that he just put he put this basket in the middle of Shabbos to make it easier for his chicks to jump in and out. By the way, Tysus points out that th- that's considered um, uh, what do you call it uh, a common a common hatzala hatzala mitzuya because Tysus says why why didn't the Gemara bring this case uh, in last week on Friday? Because it was obvious that, that chickens always need to come in and out to get lost, and you're always bringing a basket or something for them, so that's that Solomon Suya. But the Gemara brought it for us to ask a question of Yosef. Fine. So that's the story. Very good. Next sugya. It's not so much next sugya, but it's a new, new topic. Rav Yitzchak is mechuluk on Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda says... That I could put, I could put a, 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 a bowl on top of an egg to save it, but I cannot catch an egg with it. Just like I can't receive the egg, I cannot cover an egg. There's no difference, says Rav Yitzchak. So he holds that a kli, 
You could only carry something, I could carry my cup, if I'm using this cup for something that's not mukta. But I cannot carry this for something that's mukta. So even though I am flipping it over, I'm using it upside down to protect my, my egg, but my egg is mukta. I have no right to move my cup, my bowl, and cover it because I cannot carry something for something that's mukta. Wow. So let's go back to my dog again. So if my dog is mukta, so I can't move his gate. I can't do this because I'm moving things for something that's mukta. Okay. We have to start thinking about this a little bit differently. But I'm allowed to feed the dog because it's mutal on me to feed him. Then I'm allowed to do. So let's say, no, I'm saying, let's say my dog wants to go outside. He stands by the door. He goes, woof, woof. Am I allowed to open up the door? I'm moving, I'm moving a kli for my dog that's mukta. So it's major problems here. I brought a problem into my house. Okay. Ein, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, Ein clean nital elo ledovar anital b'shavas. I could, I could pick up a fork if I want it for myself, but I cannot pick up a fork if it's to use for something that's mukta. I cannot pick up a bowl to cover a mukta egg. So the Gemara says all these six different things. We had the, the question about, let's say, the, uh, a, a, per, a person puts a, a bench to catch the beam. I just took something that's not mukta and I'm trying to use it for mukta. Or I'm catching the, the rain, the rain. So again, I'm, I'm using a, a bucket to catch rain. A bucket is not mukta for rain that's mukta. Or all the other things that we learned. Covering a fire so it shouldn't jump on that, that we had the other day. What else do we have? We had um, uh, these chickens. Uh, I have a basket. I have a basket that's not mukta. I'm, I'm covering for the, for the mukta, for the chickens. The kids are all these six things that we had. And all, for all of them, you answer one thing. So, there's a concept of mukta. It doesn't work in all muktas. Minus, let's say, if I remember correctly, mukta machmas gufai. Certain muktas, it doesn't work. Let's say for money, that's mukta machmas gufai, it doesn't work, this, this concept. But, if I have, if I need to move a mukta because I need its place, the the... My hammer is sitting on my chair and I need to sit down. So I pick up the hammer. Once I pick up the hammer, now I can put the hammer down somewhere else. I can put it down anywhere. It doesn't work for money. For money, you can't just pick up, because first of all, you can't even pick it up with Tzorich Mekoymai. But let's say you have it in your hands, you got to drop it right away. But other muktas, not like rocks and stuff like that, but let's say a different mukta, like our mukta over here, so I'm picking it up, I lifted up my... My, my bench. I needed my bench. Why did I need my bench? Because it's taking up room in my living room. Once I picked up my bench, now I put it underneath the beam that's broken. And Hanami says to Gemara, I cannot pick up my bench to fix my beam because now I'm using something I can't use. But once it's in my hand because I had a right to lift it up, so now I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the right place. Yeah? If I have a basket, I pick up a, a basket because I need it for my meal. Once I need it for my meal, I need it, I need it because of my makam. It's taking up my seat. So I lift up my basket. Now I bring it over to my barn and I put it there for the chicks. That's different. 
if I went directly to the closet and picked up a basket for my chicks, that would be also according to Rabbi Yitzchak because but once I have it, then I can keep on going. Toshma. So the Gemara asks the Kashir, Achaz beitzah shenolda b'shavaz, Achaz beitzah shenolda b'yomtoiv, ain metaltalim. An egg that was born on Shabbos and Yomtev is noilad yitzmokta. So you can't use it. You can't take an egg and put it as a cover for a kli. I was always fascinated by this Gemara. Like, the guy had nothing better to do. The guy has a bed, and his bed is crooked. So he goes to the refrigerator, and he takes an egg, and he puts it underneath the bed. Like, he's playing like this game. If he rolls over in the middle of the night too heavy, he'll break. Now, I did do research on Friday. I'm serious, I did this thing, and look at this. This is, a guy took an egg, this is an egg right here. He put it in one of those rolls of tape. You can't see it well because the YouTube line goes through. He put a, a roll of tape. This is a roll of tape. This is a scotch tape like. This is, this is an egg. The bottom one is like electrical tape. So the egg was, didn't move. And then he put all these bricks on it. It was basically 20 kilo of bricks. So over 40 pounds on one egg and it didn't crush. No. I don't think an elephant, could, like when we were kids, an elephant could step on it and it won't crush. I don't think that's true. But, yeah, but the, the, the egg is it's very, very thin. It could hold a lot of weight. I guess we're talking about Shabbos here. And what is he going to do? It's Shabbos. So he can't take a rock because it's mukta. He can't take a piece of wood. It's mukta. What is he going to use exactly to hold up his bed? His bed is, is, is moving. So this Chacham takes an egg and puts it underneath his, his, his bed. That he could do. Because the egg is not mukta. Fine. But this particular egg, since it is mukta, it's not allowed, it's not, you're not allowed to do that. So that's the halacha that we learned. What's going on here? You guys hear him? Arois. Dog arois. You're allowed to take a vessel and put it over it to protect it. So what do you see? Rabbi Yitzchuk said that you're not allowed to move a kli for something that's mukta. How could you take a kli and cover an egg that's noila that's mukta? You must say that we're talking about a situation where you already picked up the kli. Why did you pick up the kli? Because the kli was sitting on your chair, let's say, and you want to sit down. So you lifted up that kli. Now once it's in your hand... You're allowed to continue on and do another malach with it. You're allowed to cover something that's mukta. By the way, Tosis points out here, these are the obvious answers. This is an obvious answer. We just said tzorach l'mkoymai. We just answered six questions with something that's tzorach l'mkoymai. Tosis says that the Gemara was testing, maybe there's a better answer. And that's the best answer you could come up with. Toshma, parsin, machatzolis, algabe, avonabishabas. You take a sheet, a machtzeles, like a piece of schach, reeds, and you lay it out on top of stones on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, These are pointy stones that are used instead of toilet paper. So, if there was Corona in the time of the Gemara, you wouldn't be able to find a pointy stone anywhere in the world, basically. People would be hoarding pointy stones for toilet paper. But in those days, Nebuch, they didn't have this toilet paper thing, so they used pointy stones. 
So he wanted to save his pointy stones. They would just reuse the pointy stones. They would, they would hoard a sanitizer. <laughs> We learned, we actually learned, you're not allowed to use, you have to be careful and how you put it down, somebody else shouldn't grab it and, 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 and this, and you shouldn't use the same spot twice. They had sanitizer to sanitize the stones, but they didn't have, they didn't have toilet paper. Okay, I hear. Akoponim, the Gemara's question is, how do you move a machtzeles, which is not mukta to save something that's mukta? you can't move something that's not mukta. These are not mukta stones, these are special stones, or like in Yerushalayim they like to say, these stones were mechaven before Shabbos to throw at the cops. So they're not mukta. Whatever, whatever your reason is, they're not mukta. Toshma, parsim machtzales agabi levenim b'Shabbos. You could, you could uh, cover bricks on Shabbos. So again, once again, you're using something that's not mukta for something that's mukta. These are left over from a building site. The chazin lemizgo elayu. People would lean, you know, like on Pesach, you lean when you eat, so they would lean on these stones so they're not mokta. What about a beehive? Now when you read it, what does it mean? In the sun, for the sun, you want to protect it from the sun, you want to protect it from the rain. So the more understands that we're talking about the summer and the winter. Now, when you cover it with something, you want to protect it. You don't want it to be destroyed. By the way, I don't know if it's still like that, but I remember reading a few months ago that there was a major problem with bees, and bees are dying out, and it's, it's, a, it's a commodity. Bees are very, very important for agriculture. You know, they go and they, they do all the... What? Yeah, it's part, no, it's part of... It's, you can't grow crops. Certain crops can't grow without the bees. You need the bees, and they bring them in. They rent them on these trucks, bring in the whole thing. So... You don't want your beehive to be destroyed. It's very important. So what does he do? He covers it again, the same thing. You, but you're covering mukta beehive with a machtzelis that's not mukta. And you have to be careful when you cover it, not to trap the bees in there. You cover it like that. Oh, there's honey inside the beehive. Typically a beehive has honey. And since it has honey, you're eating that honey. You want to eat the honey, so it's not mukta. Tais points out on the days that we're talking about he already did redia all the malachas that are also do on Shabbos, or, the, or it's just oozing honey that you could get to easily, otherwise you would have a problem getting into that beehive to eat your honey on Shabbos. That's in the summer. Turn the page. I guess in the winter, you know, you don't have all those flowers, you don't have everything. So, the lekedvash, my so what kind of answer do you have? How are you allowed to put a machatzeles, a cover, on your beehive when it doesn't have honey? You don't have that answer that I want the honey to eat and it's not mokta. The way they did it was, they always preserved two rows of the hive so that the bees themselves could have honey during the winter and they'll survive on their honey. They, didn't, they weren't chazerim. They, they had to think ahead. If you're going to take all the honey out of the hive, then all the bees die. You're not going to have a beehive next year. So they took most of it, and they left two rows. Great. As the Gemara, If you left the honey for the bee, then you don't want it for yourself. Then it becomes muktzah automatically, so you can't touch it anyway. Says the Gemara, 
he thought to himself, yeah, he's gonna, he might get hungry, he wants to dip into it, get a little, a, a little, a little, uh, a little nash, a little candy on Shabbos. So he thought about it, and Mimele, it's not Moktu. So, if he didn't think about it, you admit to me that it's Moktu's Asr. <clears throat> a very interesting question. I mean, the Gemara has this question a lot. I just never understood this particular one. So then why does the, why does the Mishnah talk about a way to do it and a way not to do it? You could cover it, but you have to be very careful not to trap them. Just say, you could cover it if you have honey there that you're going to eat, and you cannot cover it if you have honey that you can't eat. It's a lot simpler. The, the yes and the no are in the same exact case. Just one, you thought about eating, and one, you didn't think about it. You're jumping to something completely different, trapping. So what's the Avi's answer? The Avi's answer is, because I need to remember not to trap. It's, it's, people won't know. People won't realize. They'll say, oh, you're allowed to cover your beehive, and they'll forget, and they're going to cover their beehive, and before they know it, they just trapped a thousand bees in there, and they'll ever unsay them. Says the Gemara, I have to remind people, yes, even if you had kavod and teeth, that, that, that honey, but you have to be very careful about tzedah. Alright? So what does it say here? It says that a beehive is mukta. But if I thought about it, it's not mukta. And I have to be careful not to trap the bees. Says the Gemara, wait a minute. Now you're jumping in two, in two different shitas. Irib shimin, Leslie Mukta. Who is this going according to? Rib Shimon holds there's no Mukta. So the beehives, he's very lenient when it comes to Ilkhas Mukta. So these beehives that have honey, regardless if you think about eating it on Shabbos or not, according to Rib Shimon, you're allowed to touch it. Why do I have to say he thought about eating it? So, so Mimela has to be Rib Yehuda. Okay. Rib Yehuda holds it as Mukta. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, how could I put a blanket on the thing and say to myself in my head, I am having kavana, I'm trapping all these 2,000 or 10,000 bees in here, but I'm not having kavana about it. I'm just putting my blanket on here. If they get trapped, great. If not, not. All I want, I want to save my honey. I want to save my beehive. That doesn't work according to Rabbi Yehuda. Because if you're trapping them, so even as a Dovashenim Skaven, even if I don't care about it, I'm still Chayev. Only according to Reb Shimon, I could say, I'll drag a bench, and if it makes a groove, no, no, I don't have Kavana for it. And according to Reb Shimon, if I'll, I'll, I'll protect my bees, and if I trap them, no, no. But according to Reb Yudah, you can't say no, no. According to Reb Yudah, if I trap them, I'm over. And I have to say it goes according to Reb Yudah, because otherwise there's no Mukta. So who does it go according to? You have to leave a little bit of a gap so the bees can fly out. So you're trying to tr- you're trying to protect your beehive, says the Gemara, protect it in a way that the rain doesn't get in there or that the sun doesn't beat it up, but you leave a, a hole for the for the bees to get out. New no, and according to Shimon, one thing's for sure. This we said a few times, and Tysus points it out every time, that according to Shimon also, if it's a psik ratio, if you're 100% going to trap those bees, then even according to Shimon, you're not allowed to do it. So according to Shimon, anyway, you have to say that there's a little bit of a gap. 
So then what did you gain? According to Rabbi Yehuda, there's a gap. According to Rabbi Shimon, there's a gap. So Taisa says, it's a small gap. According to Rabbi Shimon, all you need is a tiny little hole that all these guys could escape from. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, it has to be noticeable. It has to be like a serious gap and don't trap at all. Fine. Ravashi Omar, Miko Taribi Maisachamu Maisachamim. So Ravashi gives a new shot. Tysus goes in, just it's cute, because Ravashi is the one that wrote this. So when did, it, when did he write this? Did he write it before the first shot, the second shot? Goes into it a little bit. Ravashi Omar, right? Ravina Ravashi wrote the Gemara. So I, I never really saw Tysus discuss, like, how does he fit in, but he, he discusses it. Ravashi Omar, Who told you we're talking about winter and summer? It just says protect your bees from the heat. And the rain. It could be that in the summer it's raining, and in the winter, there's the sun. Just like us right now, we're in Nisan. Guess what? It rained a lot yesterday, and the sun is beating here in Eretz Yisrael, and there are a lot of bees, and they're producing honey. So it's possible to have these things together, not in the winter, not in the summer. And in, in Nisan. This is the three things you have the, the sun, the rain, and honey. The whole question was that in the winter, when there's no honey, then it becomes mukta. And how could you cover something that's mukta? And the answer is we're not talking about the winter, we're talking about Nisan, like today, that there's honey, memela, those beehives are not mukta, and therefore I could cover it. Puku, your pshat that you said that a kli, you cannot move something that you're allowed to move typically for another something that you're not allowed to move. In other words, I'm not allowed to take a bowl that you're allowed to move in order to cover an egg that's mukta. They already said the exact same thing in Bavel. What you said, they said in Bavel. Domer but not literally. They didn't say it exactly on your case of an egg. They said it somewhere else, but it's the same exact thing. I can make, we have a problem. A guy, Nebuch, drops dead in his backyard in a hot Israeli heat. What do you do? On Shabbos, what do you do? A dead person is certainly mukta, very mukta, has zero purpose. Much, it's worse than, like we had the Gemara, Maria Chai, the whole thing. It's worse than a dead chicken. A dead chicken I could eat. A dead person you can't, there's nothing you can do with it. Zero. Mukta Shebe Mukta Shebe Mukta. The worst Mukta. However, there's a Kavra Mace, and I don't want this Mace to, to smell up. So what do I do? I build, I build a roof. How do I build a roof for him? Bishvila Chai, I pretend it's for the living, but in fact it's for the dead. But I don't go ahead and erect a oil above a dead person specifically for the dead person. How do you do it? If a dead person is sitting in the sun, now, we need to know that 
Midra Bonon, it's also to make an oil harai. You're not allowed to make a temporary oil. But that's if you build it like a, like a regular building. And how do you make a regular building? Besides if you live in Israel, and some Arab does it for you. But typically, you make a foundation, and then you do the walls, and then you have a, a roof, right? That's how you do it. Another, maybe in Gaza they, they do the roof and then they do the thing, whatever, whatever, whatever they do. Okay, fine. So, so what do you do? So we have to get away from that issue also. So here's what you do. It's very simple. These guys, these two guys want to build a roof. So what do they do? It's, a, it's, a, it's actually a, a, a four-step, five-step thing or a four-step. These guys first sit on the ground, step number one. The ground is extremely hot. We just said the sun is beating on the mace. So the ground is hot. So they say, oh, the gr- I can't sit on the ground. So they go back inside and grab benches. To go right away and put a bench, you can't do. You have to show that you're doing this for the mace. So you have to take that first step. You have to sit on the ground. Then you bring the benches, you sit on the bench. And then you say, wait a minute, it's still hot on the bench. So you bring... And they hold it from side to side. Yeah? Then, then what they do is, they do this step right over here. They take the bench, and if you notice, the bench is flipped. They flip the bench upwards, maybe even higher than this. This is not such a great picture because it's not that much higher than this. The point is, they're able to flip the bench upwards. And they put the machzeles from side to side, and they... Leave immediately. They could leave. They don't have to even pretend at that point. Once it's up and it's creating your oil, they could walk away. Let's see in the Gemara. Each one takes a seat next to the dead person. All of a sudden, it heats up underneath. They can't stand it anymore. Each one brings their own bench. Brings a, a bed. Now, all of a sudden, the sun is beating on their heads. So then they bring this machzeles to protect them. And then, and then he flips his bed to make it a little higher. He puts the machzeles down. Tesis points out, he doesn't need to stay there even for a second. He doesn't have to pretend anymore. And the second one does the same thing. That's it. Now, to put a machzelas there for the dead, then I have the problem of Rabbi Yitzchak. Then I'm moving something that's not mukta for the dead person that's mukta. That's why I need to come onto this whole thing that I'm not only for the oil problem, but for the mukta problem. How do I avoid oil is one thing, but how do I avoid using something that's not mukta for a body that's mukta? The answer is because I'm using it for me. I'm not mukta. So that's how I get through it. Itmar, meis hamutol, bachama. If a dead person is sitting in the sun, Rav Yudah Amar Shmuel, I flipped this poor dead guy from bed to bed. So what I could do is, if he's on a bed, I could bring another bed next to it, and I roll him over. I keep on rolling him. Mamesh, like... Uh, it's a little bizarre in a maze, but it's a bigger bizarre if he cooks up in the sun. The run actually says, you're not allowed to roll him because you're touching mukta, 
So you tilt the bed, you, I don't want to be there, whatever, it's, it's a thing. You tilt the bed, and then the dead person rolls over to the next bed, and you keep on doing this until he's out of the sun, Hashem Yerachem. We shouldn't know from Tzad. Kids said, don't die in the sun on Shabbos. It's not a good idea. Rav Chanino Ba'ashlem Yom Ishmei, the Rav Omar, Miniach Olav Kikor Aitinoik Umetatloi. So that we had in our Masechta already. Where was it? Somewhere in the Lamids, in the beginning of the Lamids, right, right before the Sugya of Rav Shem Ba'achoyin Nagat over there, that Shloim HaMelech asked, that's okay, Shloim HaMelech asked, David HaMelech was nifted on Shabbos, the whole beautiful story of David HaMelech who was learning Torah and the, the, the Malchamovas couldn't kill him, and then he made a noise, and then he fell down the stairs, and he died. Outside, in the garden. And there's dogs, but the dog's not really connected to that part. So, Shlomo HaMelech has two questions. How do I feed my dogs on Shabbos, and how, how do I save my father from the sun? And they told him, Kikor Tinoik. That's the concept of taking a baby, or a, a loaf of bread, or anything that's not mukta. It doesn't have to be a baby. Well, a lot of babies around, a lot of bread. You could take... Uh, a carrot if you want, you could take uh, whatever, whatever is not mukta, put it on the dead person, or better yet, that's a little gross maybe, to put on the dead person, so you could put the baby on the bed with the, with the dead person, or a loaf of bread on the bed, and then you just lift up the whole bed and you move it, that's also a way out of this. So says the Gemara, says the Gemara, if there's an available baby or bread, in other words, anything that's not mukta. You're far away from society, you're uh, almost 2,000 amas away from your house, there's no kikar, there's no tinoik, you're, you're in quarantine, whatever the story is, there's nothing there. So what do you do? Meaning, carrying with a shinoi, Carrying with your elbow, you go like this, you move it like this, you, you flip him. Any way that's not real carrying like this, it's not considered carrying. Now, don't take that literally. First of all, it's a machloikis. Second of all, talking about a dead person. And we'll see a little bit more in a second. Perhaps this is exactly another machloikis that we had before. Of tanoi. So this is scary stuff. The whole house goes up in flames, and on for like the tsara after tsara, this 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 mishpach and has a big loss on Shabbos. They put the dead person, and all of a sudden, not only that, the whole house goes in flame. What do you do? You what? You let the body just burn? You have no choice. The dead person is, is mukta. you cannot save the dead person. Omer Rebbe Deben Lakish, I told you already, no, that I was in the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn, I used to dive in there with my father when I was a kid on Shabbos, and there was a big fire in the boiler room, and people started screaming and panicking. I just remember that they ran to the Aron Kodesh and they took all the separate tire out and started chucking them out the window. If there was another person on the other side, I don't know, and I remember, I just remember everything went out the window. The whole Aron Kodesh, that 10, 15, who knows how many, it's a big Yeshiva. Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn. You save. Sivertarius, of course you save. And even if it has to fall on the ground, you have to save it. That person you don't save. Says the Gemara. Wait a minute. No. Comes Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish. Not Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish says, No, I once heard 
you could save a dead person. Hey, Dami, let's 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 analyze this. If there's an available non-muktzayde, my time with the Tanakama, what's the problem? Why does the Tanakama say you can't save a dead per, uh, a dead body? What's the shot that says live on YouTube? What is that? Yeah, but is it on, it's on our channel or on a different channel? On our channel. On our channel, so it's going to have both at the same time? Correct. But he's saying that Zoom, the guy that I just read the email said Zoom is not such great quality. But it's better than nothing, you're saying. Okay. Continue. We'll continue. Thank you, Gary. If there's a kikur it doesn't make any sense. Why can't you save it? Just put a, a loaf of bread on that person and run. And if there's no kikurtinoik, my time there will be lockage. If there's no non mukta item, what, you're just going to pick up a dead person and put, bring him outside? Obviously, Rabbi the Malakish holds that you could roll him. You could, you could do a tiltumanatsad. You could carry the dead person with your elbows or something. Not lifting up, and the Tanakam says you can't. In other words, there's no kikur tinoik, there's no non mukta item there. And the machlaikas is, could I use tiltumanatsad or not? Can I lift the dead person with a shinoi? You know those kids? Uh, I'm not carrying, I'm just going like this. Because they get it from here, Tutumanatsad. But, but it, oh, wait a minute, it's not, not Pashat over here. Tanakama says it's considered carrying and it's also. Another one says it's not considered carrying. That's not the Machlokes. Everybody holds it's considered carrying, it's a problem. You can't use your elbows, you can't use a shino. There's another problem, and we can relate to this. Imagine a loved one about to be cremated in your own home. Crazy. He's about to be burned. No levai, nothing. What happened to your loved one? Oh, he got burned yesterday in the living room. So no, nobody's going to stand for that. So what are people going to do? They're going to be over on a dairaisa. They're going to go to the sink, and they're going to start making a terim. They have all these excuses to save their, the, the, the loved one. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want a guy to, to be over on the Isidur Raisa. He's gonna be over Isidur Raisa. So Memela, we said, you know what? You could do Isidur Rabbanon of, of Tiltal. It's better that you should do Tiltal or Tiltal than, than to than to uh, than to extinguish the flame. That you could save the dead from a fire. Now, if you look at Tysus real quickly, I don't know, like 12, 15 lines down, Vaimari says, the Eishlechalik, you, you have to make a distinction between a dead person and, let's say, carrying a, a pillow with something that, that's, that's not mukta on it or something that is mukta on it. He's talking about, let's say, food that, that has mukta or not mukta. Over here, what's our main objective? To carry a dead person, and the dead person is mukta, and that's why Tiltum and Atzad is awesome. If I'm doing Tiltum, because I want, my objective is to get a non-mukta item, it's different. 
So if I have a non-mukta item that's attached to a mukta item, but I, what, what do I want? I want the non-mukta item. I don't want the money and the stone. So it's a little different, he says. A lot of Rishonim hold like Taisvis, that Tiltum and Atzad is mutter when I want the non-mukta item. And it will be also if you want the mukta item. If I want to get a mace out of here, that's also. But if what I want is I want to get my food, and my food is attached to money, it's in a drawer or something, so that tiltumanatsad would work according to most Rishonim. Let's just learn these two more lines so that tomorrow we can start fresh from a brand new Mishnah. So again, this is talking about Rib Shimon with Mukta. So we had this, this oil that drips from the candle. And you put a, a bowl underneath it. So according to Rabbi Shimon, you're allowed to use that oil on Shabbos. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you in, I don't know how many hours, what? Nine hours? 7.15. Some of us have to prepare shir tomorrow. So let's say some Tehillim. I don't think, is, is Noam on tonight?